Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's Fail Critics. This is your host Tony Black replacing Steve Norman who is uh, off on another caravanning holiday in North Wales as usual. He can't get it away from he can't, He's just always there, you know. He's just, yeah. um, and with me as ever is Owen Hughes. Hello. I don't know why I said as ever. I'm, 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 never, I'm not on it all the time and I never normally host. So why have I said that? I'm on it every time you are. <laughs> as ever. <laughs> and also, as ever, is Andrew Brooker. Evening gents. Hello. What's all this noise, Tony? Where are we? What's going on? I'm throwing my voice, and this is uh, <laughs> this is uh, some of the worst am dram shit I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, up. My ventriloquism <laughs> skills. Yeah. And now we're in a pub, actually, because we're all in the same room. It's the first for Foul Critics. This is the first time that we've been recording in the same space as each other. Yeah. Normally, uh, you know, behind the curtains, a reveal. Yeah. It's on Skype usually. Um, but no, here we are. Usually one of us is masturbating as we're recording. I've had to keep my trousers on. <laughs> it's a shame. As have we all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, uh, we're hope- I'm certainly hopeful that you're going to be able to hear this, uh, which is why we need to talk proper loud. So if I'm, if I'm shouting down the mic, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know, just making sure. But yeah, we're in Birmingham. Mm. What pub are we in? We're in a pub called The Old Contemptibles. Which is the name of the episode. <laughs> name of the episode. Yeah. And I think it fits us three, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much. This is, of course, my hometown. Um, and sort of yours. I mean, in, in the road. road. Yeah. In the road. I mean, I'm half yummy, I'm half grumpy. My... You're yummy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what's a yam yam? A yam yam is someone from the black country. Okay. Yeah. Paul Rampton, West Bromwich, Dudley, sort of that area. Okay. And basically, uh, it's because instead of saying you are, they say yam. Yam. Yam, alright? How you doing? You're alright. How you doing? Yeah. You're all kids. Northern. <laughs> exactly. So we're, not, we're not northerners, though, are we, Owen? We're Midlanders. Exactly. This is the thing. You're southern. <laughs> if I have to drive past the Watford Gap to get to you. True. It's north. Yeah, we're northerners. Fair enough. But yeah, this is, uh, this, this, this is a first. And um, what isn't a first is that we don't really have a plan for the episode. That's, uh, <laughs> As usual. Shambolic as ever. Yeah. Shambolic as ever. But what he. There's a kind of a rough idea. Yeah. Because we'll, by the time people are listening to this, we'll already have an episode out. Yeah. Which will cover Resident Evil, which you were on, yes. Brooker, with John. Yeah. Um, although we are recording that in the future, future. of when we're recording. Just hoping we don't jinx this. anything. It's a paradox. <laughs> yes. 
It was great. John was brilliant. I know Steve was at his all-time best. Brooke's mysterious illness. Yeah, but we're not, we're not going to do new, particularly really. any new films, are we? We might cover. I think you've seen Loving, haven't you, Brooker? Well, Black Lives Matter. <laughs> <laughs> I've been holding on to that since I saw the trailer. I almost think that should be the popular song. <laughs> you know, we were going to do this live, live, like stream it through Facebook yeah. Live. Yeah, and the thing. It was too are risky. Are you glad we did? It yeah. was just with Brooker in the room, two it was, points down. It was. Uh, it was. It was a risk we weren't prepared to take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's also the Wi-Fi. <laughs> and and the Wi-Fi. It is the other problem. Technological failure. I, I, I want to tell you both a little story about yesterday when I was possibly going to go and see Gold or Black Lives Matter, um, and I, <laughs> as I, it will now be known, as it will now be known yep. forever. And I did the most dithering thing you could ever imagine. I spent the whole day at work going. I don't really want to go and see Gold. Do I go and see Lovin? I cancelled two cinema tickets because I couldn't make my mind up. And then I went all the way to a place called Solly Hall, which was where oh, the yeah. um, cinema was, only to get there and think, Gold looks shit. I don't want to go. <laughs> I want to go home. So I got straight back on a bus and went to the chippy. Nice. Instead. So I haven't seen Gold. No, me neither. No? I'm seeing it tomorrow or yesterday. Whatever it is. <laughs> 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 Four days ago, I'm seeing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm booked in to see it after I see the Batman, Lego Batman movie. Oh, I kick the wife and kid home and I'll hang around at Cineworld looking like a bit of a loser waiting for them to start. But yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I've only seen Loving. And there'll be a review on the website? For Gold. Gold? Or Love, yeah, Gold. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I've seen nothing so I've useless <laughs> fucking talked myself into a corner there I have to do this you don't have to. but there is going to be on the website by the time this episode is out your end of uh, January report how's yes. that been going watching 365 films in oh, that's man. going well that's yeah. going really well I'm at the point where I can finish about July <laughs> <laughs> just spend the rest of the year playing games right well that's the hope I yeah. hope that I get to 365 don't have to watch another film for the rest of the year and don't have to watch Justice League. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> we can all skip that one. What so, number are you on now? Sixty. I watched sixty-six on the train up here. This afternoon. Is it two a day? That's kind of at least. It's more than be. two a day. But no, we're thirty-three days into the year, so yeah. Wow. Blimey. It's impressive. Remember, of course, there are at least two days where I record other podcasts. So I don't have time to watch films yeah. before or after. Machine. Yeah. Machine monster. There's another film on the way home tonight. Downloaded onto the iPad, ready to go. Essex Spaceman, of course. Essex Spaceman. Anal Probes 3? That's exactly what it is. (laughs) (laughs) I got Lucy to watch on the way home because it's a short one. Uh, Have you you seen Kill Keith? No. Have you seen. uh, What other ones? Mob Handed? Mob Handed? Yes. Did you watch Mob Handed? I did. I got 20 years into it and went, fuck you. You offered me Mob Handed. You said you wanted me to send it to you and you didn't. Maybe maybe you should. Let's remember this. I paid to watch Mob Handed as yeah. well. I rented that fucker off of iTunes <laughs> and it was the worst thing I've ever seen. I'm trying to think what else we made each other watch. Killer Bitch. Was... Killer Bitch. Yeah. yeah. I made Brooker. I physically took a copy of the disc to his house. Yeah. I was in my living. That's the last time I drank more than that. Amazing. I, did, I went through bottles and bottles just to try and make, make, it. make it pleasurable in some way. Yeah. So there'll be, there'll be others. I mean, what I'm, what I'm getting at is I think you should do a marathon of at some point in your like 
run through a 365 film. I am yeah. going to get to a point where I run out of my films that I want to watch, yeah. and there's going to be nothing on at the cinema, so I'm going to have to scrape the bottom of the barrel. Cutthroat Island. Oh, God. Can I, no, can not I, that far down the barrel. Can I just one I've just seen on Now TV called Asian Connection with Steven Seagal. Is it actually called Asian Connection yeah. with oh, Steven wow. Seagal? <laughs> <laughs> because I may watch that if it is. Yeah, like, it's like The Life of Clatty with Steve Sissou. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you need yeah. That that that's one I think you should put on. Is it as good as I Am Rap? I've not seen it, but I Am Rap was weirdly fun. I, I heard this. I really yeah, quite yeah, liked yeah. it. If I don't know why, I, or no, I didn't know why I was. I was off work ill, yeah. and I couldn't be bothered to go get a Blu-ray, so I just watched it <laughs> on Sky Cinema, and I watched I Am Rap, and it was ghastly, uh, yeah. but really fun. Can we now institute a thing where we recommend films to you that you have to watch? No. Oh come on! <laughs> so much fun. No, because I'll spend the next 300 of my films will be shit London gangster movies. I was going to say, my advice to you is do not accept any recommendations from one Mr. Paul Field. Yeah. Never again? Never no. again. No. No. <laughs> we'll start with um, the old Dell favourite. What, what have we been watching? Yeah. Um, so, uh, over to you, Owen. What have you been watching this week? Well, um, I have been watching some... Well, I say some. I've watched a Danny Boyle film because I went onto Netflix to try and find a Danny Boyle film and there weren't any. There's just not. Strange. Netflix is weird sometimes, isn't it? It is strange. They've got Train Spotting 2 in cinemas at the moment. Film 4 have just shown Train Spotting. You know, you think there'd be a bit of a, a way to draw in hunters, but no. They don't do that, though. They no. don't tend to get... Like all the film, like when Marvel films come out, they don't have all the Marvel films. They have one or two, but they have random ones. Like randomly, they're Guardians exactly. of the Galaxy. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. it is yeah. strange. So I didn't do that. So I went to my DVD shop and uh, I had a look and I thought, Shallow Graves a film I haven't watched in a few years, and I remember really, in, really enjoying that. And Elisa, my wife, who was watching it with, she um, she'd never seen it before. So there it was. Decision made. We'll watch Shallow Grave. And I liked it. I, Not sure you said it. <laughs> but that's the thing, because what I remembered about it uh, was actually different to how it ended up being. I remember thinking it was very Danny Boyle, but I think what I mean what in, by that sense was it's very Ewan McGregor, because Ewan right. McGregor is very good in it, and he's very young, and he's the same kind of snotty, snidey guy as he is in Trainspotting to the next step. It's probably more so, actually. Um, so that's probably like the lingering memory of it that I have, but I came out of it this time, the second time round, thinking it's a good film, there's a good story, but that's all it is. There's no extra... It's a film. Yeah, exactly. It's just... <laughs> like, I mean, probably I know you on the poster there. It's a film. <laughs> it's a film. <laughs> it is a film. That I saw. It is a film. I watched it. Yeah. It was good. Um, <laughs> but what I mean is it's a very filmy type film. It's, there's nothing... To this, you know, there's nothing that brings yeah. it out of the crowd from any other film that you may have watched in the last yeah. three months. Exactly, it's entertaining, it's interesting, good characters, good story, it moves along a pace, there's a kind of um, hook to it. There's a, I mean, have you guys seen, I know Brooker, you may not have seen Years and years and years ago. Oh, you have seen it. Was it 93? It would have been not long after it came out that I saw it. Okay, same for me really. It's been it's been a while. Been a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so do you I remember, liked it though. Yeah, do you remember kind of what it's about? Um, I'll explain it anyway. For the benefit. I think there's a grave in it. 
There's a grey. It's and not very deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's three flatmates. A new flatmate moves in. Has a suitcase full of money. He dies unexpectedly. They have to decide what to do with the money. Simple as that, really. That's right. the basic premise. Obviously, there's more interest and intrigue that comes into it because there's two criminals who are hunting the guy who had the money. What's the money for? Then they have the d sort of dilemma of, well, they have to dispose of the body and the sort of psychological impact that has on Christopher Eccleston yeah. and then his relationship with Hugh McGregor and Kerry Fox, uh, who is two flatmates. There's a lot going on in it and it's very expertly put together. But it is a film. That's all I keep coming back to. Brooker's review. Yeah, yeah. Brooker's It is a film. He got it. It is a movie. <laughs> it's entertaining. It's, it, it keeps you guessing, I guess, till the end to see what happens with the money. Um, it's a little bit predictable at the end. The very final scene is like what happens to the money. Yeah. And it's a bit like, oh, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, it's the only way it could have gone. It's the only way it could have gone, really. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, so I, enjoy, I enjoyed it just perhaps not as much as some of Danny Boyle's other things. And I think, like, I've got a list here. I've actually printed this out. Yeah, yeah. It was actually typed up and printed. Well, we, we, we were quite impressed when we saw this, yeah. weren't we? Because we were like, we, we don't make any notes. We were yeah, impressed. <laughs> slash worried that there might be a test at the end. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a few This isn't one of my podcasts, don't worry. Yeah, no, so um, <laughs> if I think of Danny Boyle film, I'm thinking train spotting. I'm thinking Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, 28 Days Later, Sunshine, Trance, oh, yeah. perhaps as well. But they all have something unique about them in terms of the visual representation of the story. Train spotting two was the same, which I know. I've not seen Tony, yet. You haven't seen yet because I'm not got any no. interest. <laughs> we'll leave that alone. We'll leave that alone. But there's, like, there's a, if, even if you don't enjoy his films, I think you can recognise. Within his movies, there's something unique about his style. Yeah. Um, I guess in the way that Tim Burton's got a unique style. Look what's Tim Burton. has got a unique style. Whether you like them or not, there's well, J.J. Abrams. Chris Nolan. Chris Nolan. Yeah. There's something about it that you instantly go, I know who's yeah, behind the camera. Yeah, you know that film. There's um, a dude beating one out over an American flag. It's <laughs> a Michael Bay movie. Exactly. Um, yeah. Whereas this doesn't have anything that made me sit up and think, this is very damn good. I think perhaps because it was his first feature movie, he made it after making a string of TV movies, bit parts of TV shows, and other like episodes and things. This is his first actual thing. Yeah. So I think he's still finding his feet, which he then arguably perfected with train spotting a couple of years later I won't say train spotting is a badly made film I do want to say that I, don't, I think it's well made I just didn't like it which is fine it's absolutely you know, allowable yep. I'm allowing it yeah. as the the arbiter of all things authority but what I mean is I know it's I know. a bit of a joke but I don't like Danny Boyle films yeah. it's too bad. he doesn't make films that I enjoy watching exactly I, mean, I, don't, I don't think he makes shit films or he makes films badly he made Trance Trance was bad uh, Rosario Dawson I yeah. like Trance a specific I moment well, yeah, <laughs> Rosario yeah. Dawson yeah. that was a bit weird because wasn't it his, was it was she his wife at the time or girlfriend oh, really yeah what, Danny Boyle Danny Boyle no Danny yeah. I didn't know that and there she was with the shape and um, foof foof <laughs> <laughs> one word <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, so those are weird things. Well, I liked trance, that's thought it was okay. Mainly because of James McAvoy. Yeah. So yeah, so I came away from Shallow Grave this time thinking, yeah, it was okay, it was interesting, I enjoyed it, but it's not his best. It's not as memorable, perhaps, as I thought it could have been. Yeah. So yeah, Shallow Grave. It was a film. It was a film, and it was good. That he watched. <laughs> Rocker, can you uh, do a better, an even better review, or, or a, a similar review for what you've been watching this week? So we'll, I, I was going to do a couple of films, and it, well, okay. there was a choice of a couple of films. I've got a couple of films delivered to my house yesterday that I recently bought, but it's also that time of year where I also watch another film every every year in February on Super Bowl weekend. So four days ago, you can listen to me review any given Sunday because I haven't watched it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what I watched last night, the film I watched in September, I think last year, so I rewatched Deepwater Horizon. Ah. Okay. Now I know this is going to bring you and me to a head because you do not like Pete Burke. Uh, however, <laughs> no, I don't. No, I, I find him like Bay, like you know, uh, Eastwood, David Ayer. Sorry, yeah. right? Sorry. It's going to be a fight. <laughs> podcast. I can see it coming. But however, I've heard good things about Deepwater Horizon, so I am going to check that out. So Deepwater Horizon is two of three. It's the second Berg and Berg film that mm. there is. So the first one was Lone Survivor. Right. Then we've got Deepwater Horizon, and then for us in March, I think, we've got Patriot's Day. All of which, as far as I'm aware, I, everything I've heard about Patriot's Day is excellent, I've seen it. But Lone Survivor was awesome, Deepwater Horizon is amazing. It's, watching it on Blu-ray, it has a bit of an issue, whereas it was better on the big screen. But this film had, so it's about the, well, the Deepwater Horizon, it's a floating oil rig. Okay. Or was a floating oil rig. Yeah. Uh, that with what it done is it was responsible for drilling the hole that caused the BP spillage in the Gulf of Mexico in 2010. Right. So there's a whole story about how like, the, the guys in the suits and controlled the money got involved, said no, just do your thing, done it prematurely, and then there was an explosion. The entire rig's on fire, and the only person that can save everybody is Mark Wahlberg. That's basically the yeah. film. Uh, it is immense. Yeah. It is absolutely brilliant. Watch it on the big screen, it's better. But it's I think it's got had the biggest sound stage in history built for this right. film. They built the, I don't think they built the rig to scale. I don't think anywhere in LA's got that kind of room. Excuse me. But they did build this into this massive sound stage for this oil rig and then set it on fire. Um, it's really tense. It's, it does this amazing thing. I think I wrote it when I done my review last year as well. Like, in Lone Survivor, Pete Berg, in the name of his film, ruined the film. Like, he spoiled the end of the film with the title. Mark Wahlberg was the only person that survived in Lone Survivor. He was the Lone Survivor. Right. And I kind of went into this one going, well, at least they haven't spoiled it in the title. <laughs> but they do spoil it 10 seconds into the film when the first thing that you hear is the guy that Mark Wahlberg is playing giving testimony to Congress about what happened. Well, uh, well no one knows he survives. This fuck. Yeah. But brilliantly, halfway through the film, you actually forget that that's happened. And you're genuinely worried that Mark Wahlberg isn't going to make it out of this film. That's good. He is really, really... I know a lot of people shit on Mark Wahlberg. I'm quite a fan. But he's really very good in this. And... 
you don't get an awful lot of emotional range out of a dude running around in the fire trying to save his mates. But there is a little bit, like there are little points where it gets the better of him, and he, like you, you want to reach through the screen and give the poor guy a hug. It's yeah. really he does really well. I would say that like, if you haven't seen Deepwater Horizon, it ain't battleship. It's not of the, the regions of shit that battleship is. Pete Berg actually made a really good film with this. So I would really recommend watching. Did Pete Berg do the Universal Soldier sequels? I do not know. I don't think he did. Was it his son? I, I couldn't tell you. Oh no! Wasn't it? Was it the son of the guy that made Sudden Impact? It wasn't Pete Berg. It was someone else. Uh, right, people were in a pub and I don't have With no IMDb <laughs> this is this is how we struggle you know we might not be able to do this okay, okay so yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll see but, but no Pete Berg done Friday Night Lights uh, have you ever seen Friday Night Lights no I haven't the film Friday Night Lights is great yep. it's based on a book it's really really good but he also produced the TV show in the TV show if you haven't watched it you must Okay. even if you don't like American football it's one of the greatest TV shows I think I've watched the first episode not a fan? Um, it's okay if it you're was, not I mean, it not was quite is. distanced I thought considering yeah. most people like had sold it to me as being very emotional uh, it full is. of depth and all this character and I watched it feeling a little bit like I was part of yeah like, there's definitely that thing is that there, it is very emotional and there, there is a lot of connection to it but you have to let it build yeah. You need a few episodes to let it build, and it tries so hard to ruin it at the beginning of season two as well. Okay. Beginning of season two, me and the wife came very close to turning it off, and we're like, let's just sit through it, it's five seasons long. It couldn't have been that bad because it got three more seasons. Yeah. It was that bad. It was lucky to get us three more seasons, but the other three seasons are great. Universal Soldier. Uh, Hyams, isn't it? John Hyams, director, son of Peter Hyams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you run on the right lines. Pete, Peter, Berg, Hyams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Potato, potato, potato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pete Hyams made uh, Sudden Impact, the yeah, yeah. Van Damme yeah. diehard in an ice rink. Basically. Van yeah. Damme, thank you, man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's Deepwater Horizon. I would really, you know, Pete Berg does a great job. Like, okay. It looks amazing. I think it does lose a little bit. Even on Blu-ray, with I, I don't have the very nice Dolby Atmos sound system that it tries uh-huh. to sell me at the beginning. It looks nice, better than the cinema, but it's really, really very good. To be fair, of, of all of them, I think like all the directors I mentioned there, I think he's the one who I, I like the most of all yeah. of them. So yeah, I, w- I will look that up. For me, it's just our ongoing joke, though. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for me, I've kind of I, I've watched five films. But I am leaping off the back of the uh, future, past, possibly, like, I don't know what time zone it's in, but okay. podcast about Resident Evil. Uh-huh. Because last week I watched all five in preparation. Oh, yeah, in two Ooh. days. In two Ooh. days, yeah. I was off work with a bad back, and this didn't make it any better. No. Okay, right? Because, yeah, I started, I bought a few, <laughs> right? <laughs> you paid for them as well. I did. Oh, I paid on TV at the minute, I think. Well, two of them are on Netflix. No, three... So yeah, two of them are on Netflix. Afterlife, which is number four, and Retribution, which is number five, are on Netflix. All the rest, like film four, have been showing them this last week. Oh, I was one yeah, week too bloody early, early. Yeah. <laughs> and I still have, I haven't seen the final chapter yet, admittedly, okay. and I don't know if I will get round to it on the cinema. But the first five, I've for years, I watched the first Resident Evil years ago, and I thought it's okay. 
wasn't too bothered. Loved the games, you know, really enjoyed the games when I was growing up. But I thought, I'll do all of them. And That's a slog. I've done all five in two days just before the new oh. year. I, th- I think somebody on Twitter, I think, made the point, or on Facebook, that it's one of those rare franchises that the, m- the longer it goes on, the less it makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. By the time you get to Retribution, which is dog shit as high as Apocalypse, oh. which is the second one, which I think is equally as bad. Yeah. I just, I don't know what it is anymore. Yeah. It's just, it's mutated like some of the creatures in it. Yeah. And like, it, the, the ending of Retribution and how it sets up the final film, I was like, you have a laugh. <laughs> well, right. I don't know. Retribution is, well, fight two, actually, I forgive two a lot. Apocalypse, I forgive a lot because it's got Nemesis in it. And Nemesis, I thought, was done really well. And the film is dog shit. I really quite like Nemesis. Three and four, I really like. And one, I love. Five ends with a, there's a particular monster that turns up in the last scene of five. There's nothing to do with Resident Evil, and I am convinced is actually stolen from Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Given Paul W. S. Anderson, I wouldn't be entirely surprised. Do you know no. what though? I kind of like Paul W. S. Anderson. He's basically the director who goes around just sticking his fingers at people. What? Yeah. He doesn't care, does he? No. I mean, in fairness to him, he doesn't care. He does what he, he works with his wife only. Yeah. Right? Miller Jovich. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't care that he makes films that ten year olds will enjoy and that's about it. He just does what he does and he doesn't do it well, but he does it. The final know? chapter is just clocked Resident Evil's just clocked over a billion dollars. Right? Yeah. You know. People love it. Well he was only involved in four of them. Well, he, no, he, well, he, he was writing all of them, but he yeah. didn't direct all of them. He didn't no. direct... He didn't direct two and three. Two was Alexander Witt, yeah. the only film he's ever directed, which is a, probably a good thing. And three was Muscle Car... M- Rus- muscle. <laughs> oh, wow. Russell Mulcahy, or Muscle Mulcahy, maybe. Yeah, yeah. 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 or well, Mulcahy, how do you say his name? Yeah, guy did Highlander. Now, Extinction, I think, is probably the best one of all of them, actually. Okay. The third one where they're in the desert. Yeah. I quite like that one, uh, for what it is. Apart from the magical powers, she suddenly ends up. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's a bit. Like, <laughs> and then at the beginning of Afterlife, they just get rid of them with an injection. Yeah. <laughs> You're all better now. Um, but it just—it's it, not. But it's the, the problem I have with them is they're not Resident Evil. They're not like the games. At they all, don't feel they? like the games. It's like maybe. But I think that's purposeful. Yeah, because it would have been. I mean, it's very difficult to translate. The feeling that the games put in you. Where you have you, have you ever seen the Alone in the Dark movie? No. <laughs> Uwe Boll. Uwe, Uwe, Uwe Boll. Boll. No. Is now, it Christian now, Slater? In it that? is Christian yeah. Slater. Now that is an awful survival horror game turned into an awful survival awful. horror film. Uh, and Silent Hill falls into it as well. Like Silent yeah. Hill is a great game. The film, film is okay, but it ain't the game. No. But it tries very hard to be. I think the thing with Resident Evil is with the first one, Paul Anderson just went, I don't want it to be Resident Evil. Because there's not a single character from Resident Evil in the first one. Yeah. All the characters that are in Resident, the Resident Evil games true. don't turn up. But that's what I mean about Paul W. Anderson. Just basically just gives the finger to everyone. Yeah. That's what he does. He, he, he does what he wants to do. I admire yeah. that. He does. And he has made good films. People write him off as a classic no, director. But he, he made, made Horizon. Horizon. He made Horizon's a classic. <laughs> I love it. It's film. great. It's yeah. a great film. It is a great film. It's true. He, he, he can he can do it. Like Michael Bay, he's not like Michael Bay in that he doesn't make hateful films, but he, he can do a good film. Yeah, he's got it in him. He's, he's got it in him. He just doesn't <laughs> care. He's just making, and, but the films make money. They've yeah. got their fans. They're trashy nonsense. I can't say I enjoyed them. I'll be honest. Okay. 
but I got through them and now I'm glad I've seen them because for years I've, I've not wondered what I've been missing but I've wanted to know yeah, yeah. a little bit and Wentworth Miller was in four and he, he's the, one of the few people who doesn't take it very seriously was he whispering doing he, his Wentworth Miller he was, kind of he like was whispering yeah which completely against the character he normally he's playing Chris Redfield who is usually is a very loud fucker <laughs> but I'm sure you've gone over all this in the last podcast so I'm not going to so, beat the drum but like so, yeah. so I talked about Resident Evil the final chapter four days ago yeah <laughs> <laughs> mm, interesting. Uh, what did you think of it, Brooke? Well, I've, I've heard, you know, going into it, I've heard a lot of good things from people that aren't just fans of the franchise like me. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good things, and I'm going in with pretty low expectations, but I do think it will be all right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I watched the. Well, I started to watch the first one again because I haven't seen it for years. And all, the, all of them just in my mind, I can't differentiate them. They're just one yeah, big they're all big amalgamation. So yeah. trying to work out what happened in individual seasons of 24. <laughs> yeah. Right. But like, I tried to rewatch the first one and I was enjoying it. And I, again, because I thought it's basically very Paul cool W.S. Anderson. It's like, it's, you don't see any zombies or anything, monsters, <laughs> any. For a bit, I was like 40 minutes in and uh, I fell asleep. <laughs> I have to admit, the first one, the liquor, the CGI for the liquor in the first oh, one is ghastly. Terrible. Yeah. It looks terrible. terrible. But any film, and this goes to number two as well, that has Slipknot and Marilyn Manson soundtrack is all right with it's me. It's made for you, isn't yeah. it? True. <laughs> yeah. True. There is, a, there is a, a good amount of metal in there, yeah. to be fair. But no, it's... Um, yeah, it's, it's not... It's not it's a got, great It's got its fans. It's got its fans. It's but not high art. It, do, it doesn't no. pretend to be. No, I am worried for that. It doesn't for the give most it. part, none of its fans are Resident Evil players. Well, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's what I've been watching. We're going to move on and do our um, triple bell, which... We went a bit back and forth on this, didn't we? On what we were going to do. We, yeah. we, our original idea was to do films that was set in the Midlands, which is a lot bloody harder than you might imagine. We came up with two between all three of us, because <laughs> yeah. it's not going to make much of a triple bill. I don't know, I did find one, I was doing a bit of research, and I did find one that stars Cliff Richard, like okay. set in the 70s. Yeah. I can't remember what it was called. Well, definitely yeah. one there. <laughs> but I would have probably talked about that, I would have dug it out and watched it. <laughs> Lock. That's all you get out of it. Lock, yeah. Which you say Birmingham for about five, on the M5 five seconds. On the M1. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and... Um, Sightseers, which begins in Redditch. <laughs> so there we go. There so yeah, yeah. That, that idea fell over pretty quick. Yeah. yeah, didn't really work. We struggled with that one. So then we were like, maybe we do like something to do with the Oscars. Because we've got the Oscars coming yeah. up in a few weeks. You've got, you know, fan critics have got the two Oscar specials that are going to be coming up talking about we predictions. Do a pre- yeah, we do a preview episode, like a prediction episode. Encourage people to chip in their yeah. thoughts and they win a prize. Yeah, I mean, considering the DVDs that I we have auditions for the prize this year as well. Yeah, so someone's got um, things to look forward to. Ah, um, the DVD that was posted through my letterbox. <laughs> I really <laughs> could it be no, a, uh, no, <laughs> a special screening of Essex Space Bin? Maybe <laughs> Owen, what do you think? I'm not even gonna give them. <laughs> we need to stop. This is the thing, though. This is gonna be a rule. No more publicity for these movies because. <laughs> That is how Mob Handy ended up in our We shot ourselves in the foot by talking about it so much. I don't think you could stop now. I think Essex Space Bit, it might not, I know it's not supposed to be this year's Mob Handy, but I think it's a thing. Certainly for the first quarter. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I hope it just dissipates. It might disappear by March, don't worry. Yeah. Um, 
So um, we have that preview, and then we do a results episode. Yeah, yeah. Which, Brooke, you're going to be on and Paul um, as well. Yeah. Um, with me and Steve. And uh, two episodes together, one week after the other. Usually a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, they're usually really good. Yeah. I'm making the effort to watch all the Oscar films you're I can. Gonna, I was going to say, yeah, you're watching them all, right? I'm going to try to. Yeah. I'm, strugg- I'm struggling to get hold of some. The, the famously banned guy from the US now, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this film ain't coming out here till March, so I don't think, I don't think even in the uh, dodgier corners of the internet that I can look, I don't think I'll be able to get a copy. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try and watch everything. Mm. Which is more than I'm doing. I, I keep you mean you don't fancy them. watching Passengers in 13 hours? Because I'm sitting through that you, shit. You can, you're doing that, you're taking the bullet. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yeah. Because Passengers is such a tenuous one. Yeah. As he's 13 hours, like, you know, best sound mixing or best score. <laughs> you, you, you're doing the hard fucking yards for this. Yeah, yeah I am. But it'll all be worth it if Suicide Squad wins an Oscar. <laughs> you will not hear the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll, it'll happen now. Given, given how things have gone in 2016, you know, I think this is bound to happen, right? Yeah. However, today, we're going to touch on the Oscars by doing something which is could be fun, could be mercilessly <laughs> offensive. <laughs> the most un-PC. Yeah. Triple bill. So, <laughs> you have been warned, okay? We're going to do a triple bill of films uh, and ideas for films that if they were up, if they were made, they would be guaranteed almost guaranteed an Oscar nomination so think of the most Oscary things you can imagine and that's where we're going with this so Moonlight <laughs> Moonlight is definitely up there Brooker why don't you kick us off with your first first one you weren't expecting titles for these films were you not necessarily because I don't have any I have a title for one of mine mainly because I came up with these like 10 minutes before I left the house <laughs> so my first one will probably be the most offensive one Get that out of the way then, that's good. So, (laughs) it's going to be a. I'm just saying this to other people that can hear me and hope I don't get my shit kicked. Lean into the mic. (laughs) It's going to be. So, a bisexual transgender soldier in Afghanistan (laughs) fights for the right to become a Navy SEAL. It's basically going to be G.I. Jane meets Boys Don't Cry. <laughs> Starring Eddie Redmayne, but Eddie Redmayne only plays it when he's a chick. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. That does seem like it's one for uh, at least a nomination. Absolutely. It's got to be nominated. There's no doubt about it. you thought about any directors? or No. What do you reckon? For a film like that, yeah. not Michael Bay. Not Michael Bay. John Waters? Well, that sounds like a John Wall, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I say G.I. Jane. Ridley Scott did a decent job with G.I. Jane, so I'll have Ridley Scott do that. But this is one yeah. of his studio movies, you know, the ones he produces. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No matter whether he directs it or not, he'll have Scott Free Productions all over the all over the title screens. But in seriousness, there is the LGBTQ stuff. There's a lot of misunderstanding as to what that means and to what, you know those classifications I used to work in LGBTQ and the, the level sheer levels of this there's genderqueer there's queer there's yeah. trans there's, there's a million different derivations so you can imagine Hollywood picking like the most sort of stereotypical story oh, yeah. See, the, and Hollywood that. will be more offensive yeah. with this than I was I was there <laughs> there's no two ways about it yeah. yeah exactly for that reason and yeah. I think that, but there's like this confusion isn't there about 
the Oscars, like last year was the Oscars so white, yes. where basically it was, the, the issue was they didn't have even a token no. nomination, no. and that offended people. I think, rightly so, you know, yeah. the fact that it was, anyway, but then like, doing the opposite, people are accusing like things like Moonlight, like we just made yeah. light off, of being... The kind of well, they've included that just because well, I, have, I have to admit, which is like completely the opposite yeah. to what people were accusing them of last year. Can't win, but with, you know, without a derailing the podcast or b revealing everything I've written in my review, <laughs> yeah. I've reviewed Moonlight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've, I've only done first pass, it ain't gonna be with you for a little while <laughs> about two days ago. Uh, <laughs> but the thing that I hated about the Red Men movie, Danish Girl. Danish Girl. The thing I hated about the Danish Girl was I cannot understand what these people go through. Right? It's impossible. I'm not a transgender person. I cannot understand yeah. it. So I expect, especially if you're going to be an Oscar-nominated film, I expect you to make me or help me understand. And it didn't. No. Moonlight did. Okay. In a big way. That's not the transgender thing. No, but, no, but different kind yeah. of life. Because again, I can't, it's impossible for me to, I'm a straight white male. It's impossible for me to know what it's like to be a questioning black kid in in Florida. Yeah. You know, it's impossible. So if you can make me feel something for that kid, you've done your job. And Moonlight did. We say done your job, but as we're probably going to figure out with our... Predictions. Uh, uh, oh, I'm going to piss all over it the next two things. That doesn't necessarily mean it's Oscar worth it. It's not <laughs> completely different, you know. But, you know, Moonlight, I, I do make light of it, right? The same as Loving, I took the piss out of it. I don't think Loving deserves its Oscar nomination. Okay. But, you know, Danish girl can fuck right off. And I'm Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should I make Steve watch that next time? I'm the yeah, make him yeah watch that could again. be it. Yeah, the Danish girl. Um... Oh, Owen, what's yours? So, in a similar vein, I've gone for uh, another disabled character. It's worth noting that Owen has written more for his first film than I wrote in all of my notes combined. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking, like, I've got, I came up with this as an idea and then looked up some, like, history to yeah. it and some facts and things. I'm calling the film The Undesirables. The Undesirables. Undesirables. It sounds like a Channel 4 show, like yeah. <laughs> The Undateables. Yeah, like the unda- well, basically, I'm going to get Clint Eastwood in to direct it because I think it's probably the only film, you know, he's the only director who could do this. It's the story of a disabled American man in Nazi Germany. Oh my god! <laughs> which is the home of his disabled father. Oh wow. Who's unwell. But his father raised him alone because his mum died in childbirth. Oh, it's already a laugh a minute. Exactly. Riot of a film. There we go. So, you know, despite this setback, he qualified as a lawyer. <laughs> he emigrated to the US and became a human rights activist. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So this is all pre, pre-First World War. His dad becomes ill. He goes back with this reputation and he sees the stuff that's happening in I've gone for 1938 but it could be any just before the, yeah, yeah. the World War, Second World War broke out um, so he's looking after his dad he sees all this thing he sees the Catholic Church are having this this problem with eugenics with the Nazis which I don't know if you're aware they were basically anyone who was disabled was sterilised yeah. and 
at one point there were 250,000 people sterilised and then there were 70,000 people who were euthanised by Nazis and it was that that meant that the um, Germans almost revolted against the Nazi party so he's the guy who encourages this that's what I'm thinking him with his disability, his intelligence, his intellect is... I, I see a BAFTA for best musical comedy. I was going to say yeah. it's a comedy, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Clint Eastwood to direct this American guy right. in Nazi Germany. Played by Tom Hanks. <laughs> well, I, I've also thought about this. Doing a slightly Hanks. vague German accent as well. <laughs> Christopher Waltz to be I, a Nazi. I thought he was going to be at this. When you were speaking this, I was yeah. like, Christopher, yeah. He's the Nazi, <laughs> obviously. Is he being Hans Lander, basically? Is it Hans Lander from uh, but, uh, Blue yeah, Bastard? A toned-down version of that. I also the disabled th- Hans <laughs> I thought the son is going to be... <laughs> he's probably just, yeah. He's in a wheelchair. Um, you are disabled. <laughs> Um, I thought about getting Michael Fassbender as well, but maybe Chris, Christian Bale, someone with a bit more Oscar clout. Um, what, as the lawyer? As the lawyer, yeah, yeah. he's a bit older. And then I was thinking about his dad, and I thought, they never really go for anyone that old. Sean Penn? Uh, maybe. He's about 10, 15 years older than Christian Bale. Yeah, you could imagine him as a grumpy old, a grumpy old disabled old, man. Do, yeah. yeah. Bring back his shit curly ginger hair from Palito as well. Exactly. So I thought then you can combine that as well, like fla- having lots of flashbacks. And the flashbacks are in black and white. Ah, oh, very good. Ah, see, now there's the Oscar. What about your director? It's a Clint Eastwood. Eastwood. Oh! Yeah. yeah. So there's Clint Eastwood walking around in the <laughs> film for no reason. Yeah, he's just turning up there. I thought you could have Michelle Williams as well as uh, Christian Bale's girlfriend who's glamorous and back in America. It's a good one. So Worrying. You know, contrast between yeah. two lives. So there we go. I think you, you've got you've got all You've got all the all the things ticked there, haven't you? You've got history. You've got you know tragedy. You've got the Nazis. You've got like disabled people. You've got lost coming stars. Very baited. It's all there. Yeah. It's all there. Yeah. So uh, good. Good one. Thank you. Okay, my first one yeah. uh, is. Uh, Along similar lines, yeah, <laughs> I'm that. Well, we're getting all the disabled out of the way first. That's what the Nazis do. So, um, mine is, is a bit shorter, uh, but I'll, I'll, we can flesh it out as we go. Mine can be summed up, and I put this in an email to you guys previously, yeah. and I did it as a, a joke, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's Kate Winslet. Yeah. Starring as a paraplegic ast- former astronaut oh, wow. who survives domestic abuse at home. Um, and the title would be Space to Breathe. <laughs> that is, wow. You, I know you love a pun, Tony. That is top class. <laughs> so, you know, she was, she was this high-flying... Obviously, Kate Winslet, Oscar bait in herself. Yeah. You know, she's got, a, she's got the American accent, which she can do. Yeah. She was like one of these high-flying astronaut women, you know, she was a pioneer for women's rights for all this. She was a, you know, and then something happens and she loses her arms and legs. I haven't really thought this through in depth. <laughs> Just wakes up one day and they're not there. Yeah. Shoot, <laughs> shoot comes off the... Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's, she crashes. There's, there's, a, there's an accident with the, with the shuttle on, on re-entry. Yep. Just, that's it. She has to parachute yeah, out. Yeah. 
Oops. In All of these stories are copyrighted to Val Green. If you want them, come and ask us. But then she gets home, and her husband, played by... Well, who, 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 who could play a, a, a bit of a bastard? Joel Edgerton. Yes. That's a good show. Okay. Nice. <laughs> but nothing to do with the fact that I watched him in the film. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was quick. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Joel Edgerton as her husband, who was supportive when she was famous and she was doing well and all this, but now she can't walk or, like, you know, or hold anything. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't like it. So he's, you know, he's angry. He resents it. He's like, I don't, I don't, I don't want this life. And then he starts hitting him. Which is really bad because she can't hit him back. Do we get an armless and scene as well? Nice. Right, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a bit of blonking her on top of him. But, but she doesn't like the use of technology right, to film it because if you've got to film Kate Winslet with no limbs. It's going to be this sort of... Uh, that's what they also love, isn't it? Exactly, yeah, special technology. But then, obviously, you know, she, she fights back, not with her fists, but in the right way. You know, she, sta- she takes him to court and gets into a really big, epic court battle. And she was like, I'm the first astronaut! You know, and they all, you know, they all love her. They feel for her, you know, and he gets, he gets locked away at the end. Perfect. And she gets the happy ending. Well... Of sorts. Well, yeah. With no know. arms and no legs. She goes back into you space. Happy with no arms she goes back into space at the end. They give her bionic arms and legs and she goes back into space. End. Sequel, the bionic arms stop working and she just flows. <laughs> 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 she can't do fuck all about it. She's just uh, no. bouncing off the walls. And then an alien starts domestically. Yeah. <laughs> space to breathe 2 coming soon. Isn't it interesting? And we've all gone straight away for our first pitch with someone who's disabled. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm being extraordinarily flippant with this, and it's, it's, you know, but... Well, like, that's the point of what we're doing, yeah, yeah, is yeah, to yeah. just highlight how ridiculous <laughs> I don't necessarily move away from the disabled thing for my other one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am. Look okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, like, I, can't, I can only think of Daniel Day-Lewis as an actor who's perfectly disabled. Is that my left foot? Yeah. Like, physically disabled. I know, I'm, yeah. I'm struggling, I can't think. But we've all gone for that, because we think... Cause there's it's plenty of... There's plenty of not necessarily actors, but films that have, again, nominated the disabled bit, or people with... Well, there's things like Rain Man. Oh, Rain Man, Born of Force of July. Yeah. You know, even things like Million Dollar Baby, which ends up with no legs at the end of it. Yes, yeah. It's the whole thing that they, they want to see, you know, big stars playing people right. who are, yeah, 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 who are less fortunate. <laughs> when it would be far more powerful and impactful if it was a genuinely disabled person playing a very serious kind of role. But they don't do that. No, never. Which is a shame. But, um, okay, round two. Brooker, what's your second one? My second one... Okay, so I pushed some thought into the actor for this one because it doesn't work without this actor. Yeah. So it's going to be the true story in as many air quotes as you can get. Okay. And it's going to be Will Goggins. Ah. Plays a guy, a disabled guy, a guy in a wheelchair in Louisiana who wins the first ever court case to allow him to marry his pet dog. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I'm not making any kind of judgments to <laughs> southern people or Will Goggins or people that like their dogs, but that's just where I'm at. <laughs> 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 
Is this like the Oscars warning about what happens when you let gay people get married? Pretty much. Look where it goes! <laughs> what happens? You've got, oh, in that case, you've got Can a have, man not marry his son? Is, oh, is this <laughs> a, <laughs> have Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. Does he, does he want to have the sex with the dog? Does he want the full Monty? Well, that's just gross. Why would you ask? <laughs> <laughs> because if you, go, if, if you want the full Monty. Presumably they're going to consummate the marriage. Well, maybe, or maybe not. Maybe the whole film is actually they can't consummate the marriage, so it's annulled. Uh, <laughs> I don't fucking know. Marrying sounds funny. I didn't think <laughs> Even like better if goes to Washington. So, yeah. <laughs> Even better if he worked for Rover. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, that's, that's, go, that's going into a very sort of you know potentially dark area, isn't it? A challenging area. Or bestiality. Bestiality. Pretty, pretty challenging. <laughs> in so many ways. <laughs> so yeah, good one. Owen, I mean, what's yours? Um, Tarantino. Ah. I think he gets a nomination at least. Tarantino usually. So I've got him to direct an epic about some American footballers who are caught in a doping crime syndicate. Oh. So there's that angle, there's something that makes it American again. Yeah. There's that, you know, patriotic yeah. thing, the hook. Very uh, Foxcatcher. Yeah, yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Except yeah. in the really just batshit crazy world of Tarantino. Yeah. So obviously Samuel yeah, L. Jackson. Ninjas. Possibly, <laughs> possibly yeah. that it's a good call. I thought Samuel L. Jackson, Jamie Foxx, and I'd bring DiCaprio back, but I'd have him as a kind of sniffly, crazy lunatic type character. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe the dope dealer, where you take away from the gangs. And then, but I also thought with Fox and Samuel L. Jackson that they'd be in a gay relationship. Ah, there you go. <laughs> and uh, the bosses. Although the isn't bosses. he old enough to be his dad? Yeah, maybe. It could be. It could be his dad's one. Oh, there we go. With this. <laughs> there we go. There, there's your twist. Yeah. At the end, you realise Samuel Jackson's the guy that left his mum. <laughs> wow. Oh, that'd be yeah. Like the end of Old Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It would be. Like the end of Old Boy. Yeah. I also thought about another trope. So I want Jared Leto to be involved as the coach of the football team. Yeah. But I want him to put on about ten or twelve stone. <laughs> Just for the role. He probably would. Yeah. Just to make him suffer the bastard. Is that kind of, <laughs> <laughs> it's the yeah. kind of crazy sort of method acting lunatic yeah. that you get, so he can do that. Okay. Just to make his character a bit more snobbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my main protagonist is going to be Jaden Smith. Oh, okay. Son of Will Smith. Son of Will Smith. You know, there's that. Yeah. Raven Manus lunatic. Jason. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I get him to basically be the young up and coming star. Okay. So I think he's about nineteen. Yeah, he's So he'd be the sort of guy who's coming through, um, who's being, he's kind of stuck between the gangs. He's got Samuel L. Jackson, Jamie Foxx, Leonardo DiCaprio, trying to get him to dope, and stuck with Matthew McConaughey as a cop, of course. Okay. He's going to catch the gangs and he's trying to convince him so you've got the crime you've got the gangs you've got the protagonist who's just a guy caught in the middle I think it's Tarantino everyone's a winner yeah I would also bring in because at the minute it's very male centric Lupita Nyong'o I think could be yeah. Jason Smith's older cousin someone okay. who's got a bit of elegance you know yeah 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 um, and also Pam Grier 
Yeah, because it's Jamie Foxx's mum. Nice. I was going to go for Jaden Smith's grandma, but that is even better. I can just imagine her with a shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. I like it. I like what I was going for. And American. It's got crime. It's got heroes. It's got innocence. It's got Tarantino. Tarantino. All star cast. Yeah, that perfect. I like it. I like it. You're not a disabled person inside. No, or no. Any dogs? Not physically. No, 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 no bestiality. No disabled. <laughs> there you go. So it's the sign on the pub <laughs> <laughs> That's why we chose this pub. Yeah. Um, okay, mine is a biopic. Uh, my second one, and it can be summed up in the title, which is one word. Yeah. Obama. <laughs> Okay. Obama, what's your name? <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> the, uh, the the biopic, but it's set like it's got two people playing Obama. So you've got Denzel Washington, obviously, yeah. uh, playing. A, uh, this is a, this is a bit in the future, or it could be now. Like Denzel's old Obama. So this is set in yeah. the future, and he's telling the story, you know, in his rocking chair or whatever. Of you know everything we've seen, like the, the death of liberalism. You know, Obama fighting against yeah. you know injustice and, and all this entire, and then becoming afterwards this grand statesman who you know everyone goes, please come back. <laughs> At the end. Um, so yeah, and you'd have maybe so it's in flashbacks. It's been told. So you'd have maybe someone like Donald Glover or Anthony Mackie as, as young Obama. Oh yeah. Possibly, like, or Obama as he is now. I don't know. I'm, I, I was Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Even better, perhaps Michael B. Jordan. And funnily enough, I was thinking of Tessa Thompson as Michelle. Potentially. You know, if it was going to be the Oscars, they would get a white person. They wouldn't give it to a minority actor. Michael Fassbender? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then wearing I was going to be the event. <laughs> well, yeah, but like, you know, and then I was thinking, who would play Trump? You know, would it be Trump playing Trump because he, he want, he's so egotistical? He plays himself. What about Gerald Depardieu? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But I kept, I kept thinking, what? Who would play a young Trump? Who could possibly play a young Donald Trump? Can we think of anyone? Ben Foster? Nah. Ben. Is he too gruff? And, and I think he is a bit. Yeah. What about someone like? Who's the guy who was in Hello High Watford? Guy from Star Trek. Uh, Chris Pine. Yeah, oh, maybe. Oh, yeah. He's got the, he could do the slide properly, couldn't he? Yeah. Timothy Oliphant or something? Oh, yeah, that's a good shame. Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, Timothy Oliphant's like 55, right? Yeah, but. I know he doesn't look it. Trump is like 70. Trump will have to be, yeah. He'll have to be a relatively older geezer or somebody plain older. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'd have, you know, you'd have to have other people in it, obviously, people who are causing problems with Trump and, you know, Nigel Farage maybe could have a cameo. Who would play, who'll play Nigel Farage? Danny Dyer. <laughs> that was, that's it. Her Danny Dyer. Danny Dyer is Nigel Farage. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, that'd be it. So it'd be, it'd be that really vibrant. Maybe director, maybe Spielberg could be coaxed into doing another presidential one after after Lincoln. You know, given he's had form with that before, it'd have to be somebody you know proper. Oscar, Who still says he's going to play Maybe. Yeah. Oliver Stone. 
I'll have a stone, but I don't think it would be that conspiracy. I think it would be much more of a kind of flag-waving liberal, you know. Yeah. You need Michael Bay. <laughs> the anti-Bay, yeah, we really. need. So, yeah, that's that's mine. That's, that's my number two. Brooker, number three. So, we'll stick with the political bit, because I've got a society political ah, one. Okay. Uh, and this one will be directed by Oliver Stone. Okay. Guaranteed. And it's almost a sequel to Snowden. Okay. Right? Instead of Joseph Gordon-Levitt, it's Johnny Galecki, the shit Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> and he will play the White House insider that opens a Twitter account to talk about what's happening <laughs> in the White House. Yeah, the rogue POTUS. Yeah, yeah the rogue yeah. POTUS account. Snowden for the ADHD generation. <laughs> Pretty much all you get. I like that. For the yeah, I like that. That would work. Well, have you heard that they, they? Some people reckon that might be Russian. That might be a Russian yeah. thing that they're trying yeah. to do. Yeah. Well, like, the, the Twitter account. They, yeah, they, they, you know. But I don't know. I follow it anyway because it gives me some hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, but it has to be Johnny Galecki okay. because he just looks like the kind of guy that would open a moat. <laughs> Should we just have the entire cast of the Big Bang Theory co-starring with it? Pretty much. As well. I think you'd have to. <laughs> yeah. Alright, Owen then. What's your, what's your third one? Um, so I, I did think about doing a political one, but you're never quite sure with the Oscars which way it's going to go um, for political dramas. So instead I thought, well, I'll just go tried and trusted, based on a true story, um, biopic kind of thing. Um, and I also thought about the, the other type of Oscar film that they love is big, grandiose productions. Anything that's big and epic. And so my final one's uh, going to be based on Edward Teach. Blackbeard. Black, yeah, Blackbeard. Ah, okay. So um, you can start the film in North Carolina. So you know the story of Blackbeard is he retired after he was pardoned yeah. and he got really bored. Yeah. So basically, I'm going to hire him again. Set it in North Carolina. There he is, pulled off his tits, being harassed by all these people. And I genuinely think, of all the films I pitched, this is the one to get Daniel Day-Lewis. I was just going to say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis a bored, older Blackbeard. Or Dustin Hoffman in his book outfit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so Daniel Day-Lewis says, I think menacing to... When he goes back onto the seas as a pirate, you've got all that. Is it like basically H- uh, Plainview, Daniel Plainview as a pirate from There Will Be Blood? Yeah, basically. Yeah. I'd, I'd watch that in a heartbeat. Yeah, to be fair. there you go. I think his best mate would be like Mark Rylance, again, more yeah, yeah. kind of influence coming through. I drink your grog! I can be the title, there you go. Um, there will be grog. So I think at least you've got best actor and best support yeah, actor yeah, yeah. there. Yeah. I think as well because Lieutenant Robert Maynard, I learned, was the guy who caught Blackbeard. So you'd have everything building up to their confrontation. Cool. And I thought uh, for Robert Maynard, Adrian Brody, kind of yeah. snivelling British officer. Yeah. A bit of like, you know, a bit of a screen presence, but also at the same time, he's not in a pair with Daniel Day-Lewis. It's going to yeah. be overshadowed. So yeah, and I thought maybe Spielberg as well to direct it. I think you could, you know, like I was thinking about Lord of the Rings, and they've got the big epic battles and stuff. Uh, Master and Commander, the stuff at sea. Again, just a big sea battle, ships and yeah. huge sort of epic cast. Yeah, Peter Weir. Yeah. 
but he'd do a good job. Yeah. So, those are my third choice. Tony, have you got yours? Well, it's along sort of similar lines in terms of the big epics. Okay. So I thought, you know, we've, we've got a long time. You know, Gladiator kind of did this. But you still don't get many films that do the kind of big, super big, yeah. epic, Cecil B. DeMille kind yeah, of yeah, fabulous yeah. whole of production. So I thought, let's do properly Jesus. Right? Let's do Jesus let's is do absolutely <laughs> the title of this film and it has to be a musical. <laughs> well, I thought Jesus. the title would simply be Christ. But the problem with that is, you'd have people with Christ. And then it would easily, it would easily become a Zucker comedy. Christ! Right? So you'd have to be very careful. And you'd have to say, no, it's just Christ. Yeah. It's not Christ! It's just Christ. Etc. So, um, has everyone just stopped and turned around as I said that? Um, um, yeah. what Christ, etc. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it would be, so obviously, during Jesus' life, he does the lot. He has his birth, the star in the sky, all that jazz, you know, the three wise men. Would have to be played by a very, very significant sort of trio of people. I don't know who that would be. Pat <laughs> The Sugar Babes. The Sugar Babes. If it was a Zucker comedy, it would be there. Um, and yeah, it just goes through the whole thing. Pontius Pilate, played by a real, real bastard of a brick villain, probably. You know, you need like a a younger sort of Alan Rickman kind of figure really, mm. I think, for that. So quite like uh, what Joaquin Phoenix done to Gladiator for that. Yeah, he could, he could mm. be good actually. Yeah. He could have him in this Pontius Pilot. Yeah. And then... Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Maybe he could be Jesus because he's mentally... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know who played Jesus. It's a tricky one. You know? But I wouldn't want it I wouldn't want it to be like camp. It would have to be Jesus as not. It wouldn't be necessarily big beard, long hair, just, just a bloke. But it's like, it's a big epic, but it's not camp. It's not like... You know, it's more grounded, like Gladiator. And maybe Ridley Scott would be a good director. Oh, have you seen Exodus? Yeah. Maybe not then. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you get as Jesus in that case? I mean, Christian Bale again. Kit Harrington. <laughs> you know nothing, Jesus Christ. He's <laughs> sort of a younger one. I mean, Toy Sheridan. Yeah, well, he, well, he was only 30, wasn't he, apparently? Yeah. So you'd need... Maybe Toy Sheridan would be too young. Yeah, a bit older. Yeah, Michael need... B. Jordan. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that would be epic. Well, Black Jesus would be Black like Jesus Kevin Smith. Yeah. <laughs> the so, outcry yeah. if he didn't get a nomination. Yeah. And they make they cast Jesus as a black guy. And he was just completely ignored. But he's just religion. You know, religion's yeah. a big one. You know, we've touched yes. on disability. We've touched on race. We've touched on politics. Religion is the is the other big potato. And I think Christ. Can't get bigger than that. Yeah. So, excellent. There you go. Yeah, interesting though as well. Again, that that was the only religious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. We didn't uh, we didn't do any about Allah or Muhammad. <laughs> um, That'd be another good one, Muhammad. Yeah. Although difficult to prove. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Certainly in, in Trump's America. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah. Also difficult to film without annoying every Muslim in the world. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, true. All of the Mohammed scenes are off camera. Yeah, we are not recommending this. Please do not put a fatwa on the film critics. Okay, this is not we know this is a bad idea. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, our Oscar triple bill, pre Oscar triple bill. Do you think you kinda of learn anything by looking at any of these sounds like what would make um, 
Oscar movie. I think I learned that we should never pitch films. <laughs> <laughs> Not in public, anyway. <laughs> no, we'll keep these ones to private. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's the whole thing of, it's got to be someone going through genuine trial and adversity. You know, com- coming out the back end. Yeah. With some kind of success, a moralistic tale. Yeah, 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 yeah. A moral tale, or a story of somebody who, you know, is a figure in, in you know, the world who has yeah. made an impact on people. Yeah. But it's funny that we all kind of went to the same things. We all went to disabilities exactly. and yeah. all the shit that we see from like November through to February every year. Yeah, you know, except yeah. for Mad Max. None of us went for sci-fi. Well, which, which because is, it's like that never gets an no. Well, The Martian, you could sort of say it was a bit sci-fi. Uh, yeah, Martian was. I mean, Arrival this year. Um, they but Arrival arguably hasn't got enough. No, but Arrival also won't win anything. No, well, well, well they just no, never. They no sci-fi movie has ever won an Oscar, though, has it? No, no. I mean, no. maybe 2001: Space Odyssey, which is ridiculous in contention. I mean, it's. But, you know, yeah. I think it's you know. The conversation's been had a million times. It's criminal that Amy Adams is on that list. It's bizarre. I mean, I don't get it. She was the first person I thought of yeah. who might get an Oscar nomination. It's very, very strange. Oh, yeah, they'll give her one for American Hustle, which weren't all that. No, no, no. But, um, yeah, it's strange. I mean, there is definitely a pattern to Oscar bait. So when we keep slagging off Oscar bait, I think we've given examples of what immediately kind of springs to mind. Yeah, yeah definitely. And is the kind of thing that. But that's the thing about me going through trying to watch all of them. They're all the fucking same. Yeah. yeah. All of them. You know. Like with loving, I watched four days ago. We we sit and watch. I watch them. I know every single beat that's coming. Yeah. And actually, that's the thing that makes me think it's not worth an Oscar because I know exactly. What's going to happen for every single turn? I'm like this. I'm bored. It's like what I said about Jackie, which I think you said you really liked. It, I love Jackie. Yeah, yeah, I really. I like mean, Jackie it's as well. it's good. It's what it's perfectly like set tone. Yeah. Acting's good. Script is good. But it bored the arse off me. It's because of all that. the boxes. Yeah. It's a biopic. It's tragedy. It's political. It's yeah. And yeah. it it was just so. Conventional. Do you think you'd think a bit different if it came out in June? When it wasn't clearly vying for us? It was, it's the kind of film that would never come out in June. No, no, of course not. Um, okay, and if so it came okay, out so in June. Let's look at it another way. So you missed it at the cinema. Yeah, if you watched it. Didn't, it. Win, didn't win an Oscar, you watched it on Netflix. Maybe. I mean, if I'd had a run of watching Mob Hand did Kill a Bitch and <laughs> Essex Space. Oh, it's not that then, bad. But then, <laughs> but then it would give me, like, the different... Yeah. Uh, why in a different movie why hasn't Essex Space been, been nominated for a BAFTA? That's what I want to know. They don't get it. <laughs> they just don't understand it. That's the, that's the thing. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. The Essex should do their own BAFTAs. <laughs> <laughs> the show is sponsored by WKD. <laughs> <laughs> It would be best film, Killer Bitch, Mob Handy, yeah. Essex Space Bin. Yeah, yeah. Danny Dyer gets best actor every year. Yeah. <laughs> and best supporting actor. Yeah. But Danny Dyer, of course, yeah. part of an Oscar winning film. Yeah, which really makes me sad. Yeah. You have the Paul Field Appreciation Awards. Yeah. <laughs> also people. to Danny Dyer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the thing about Danny Dyer, wasn't it, when we inducted him into a corridor of praise, was whether he should be in it. Because generally, the rule of corridor of praise is. You can't have won an Oscar. 
he was in an Oscar winning short. Yeah. <laughs> so, almost didn't make it in. You cheated for him. Bent you, you bent the rules. Yeah. Um, okay, well, uh, that's about it really for this uh, pub based Fail Critics, which hopefully you have been able to hear. Um, good, because everybody's starting to give us a look. We <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, tried to hide the microphone behind the. Uh, you're on a menu. menu. <laughs> I don't know if it's working. Well, no, because we can see it's a mic. All everybody else can see is the top of what might be a weird sensor. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. This mic could be misinterpreted. We are cooped up very close together <laughs> in the corner as well. <laughs> We've spent the last hour talking about what we're going to do with this. Yeah. Um, but Christ. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Recommendations then? What 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 are, what are we uh, what are we going to recommend? Brooker, what about you first? Uh, recently gone on to Netflix is a Jurassic Park esque zombie movie called The Resort. Saw it at Fright Fest last year. Really good fun. Really liked it. Nice. Awesome. What about you, Owen? On Sugar, which is the subscription service I mentioned a couple of weeks ago and last week, um, they've added a film recently, which I've written down and then closed my notebook and forgotten. Great Encounters. Ah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, good, really good, interesting, weird, surreal almost uh, phone footage about some people trapped in an asylum. It's very good. Yeah. They've also added Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2 film, which is... I mean, Blair Witch 2 is Witch two's only good now since the new Blair Witch film has come out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. Let's no. not go there. I love I that new one. Yeah. Let's not go there. Blair, Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows is absolute poppins. So yeah. I didn't, I didn't hate the new Blair Witch, I have to admit, but I really fucking hated the original, so I had exceptionally <laughs> low expectations. I think that helped. Yeah, that would always help. My recommendation uh, is on Sky. And it's Money Monster, which has just come out. The Jodie Foster, nice. yeah, the Jodie Foster film um, with George Clooney, Julie Roberts, um, all about the destructive nature of capitalism and a, a desperate man played by Jack O'Connell, who is very good in the role. They're all good. It caused a lot of ire. This there's been a lot of yeah. um, very, very angry reactions to Money Monster, which I know we, none of us get really, no, do we? No, not here, not but it made it onto our bottom three films of the year. I don't pay critics awards. I think that's crazy, if I'm honest. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make any sense. And yet, Yoga Hoses was knocked off. Disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The world's gone mad. But yeah, Money Monster, a good little, tight little thriller. Ridiculous. Absolutely bonkers. Oh yeah, there's nothing realistic about no, that. No, no. It's silly, 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 but it's fun. Well, it's entertaining, let's put it that way. Good performances. So... This is it. First yeah. ever, and hopefully not the last, no. um, live, sort well, not live for you, but live for us. <laughs> for our critics. Right now, the guys at the bar are going, please, for God, let it be the last. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let them come back. We still haven't paid for our dinner, which we had like three hours ago, yeah. It's like we're, <laughs> we're milking this table. There have been a lot of people who probably wanted to come and dine in this in this yeah, pub. Yeah. Who, oh, here we are. Yeah. We have got the biggest table we have in the pub. We have the biggest table in the pub for yeah. three of us. Just for our little dildo mic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's coming up next week, Owen? Next week is the episode 250 um, special. The biggie. Which will be me, it'll be Steve, it will be James Diamond, founder and former host, and Jerry McCauley, who hasn't been on the podcast since 2013. Wow. But was on it before I was part of Bell Critics. Wow. So. It's very cool. There we go. So we'll have that. We'll have our old music and jingles. Try it. I don't know what we're going to do. Oh, we'll, it's Lego Batman. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have. Um, it's a good one. 
Uh, Called back as well to our 100th episode, which was the Lego movie. So, nice little tie-in. Awesome. Can we assume this is you and Steve's swan song? <laughs> the old house coming back? Yeah, that's this it. Is, this is your, uh, yeah, we'll see you later. Correct. <laughs> I'm handing it all back. <laughs> that sounds great. That sounds really good. So, uh, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you again next time. The Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes, created by James Diamond, with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, remixed by James Yule of JamesYule.com. You can find us at FailedCritics.com, on Twitter at FailedCritics, and Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash FailedCritics. Thanks for listening. Maynard, Adrian Brody, kind of yeah. snivelling British officer, yeah. a bit of like, you know, screen presence, but also at the same time he's not going to compare with Daniel Day-Lewis, he's going to yeah. be overshadowed. Um, by his nose. By his nose, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and... Um, the record state that I'm gradually beating Owen of all of his <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, you can't usually see me doing this, can you? Put my head on soft camera. Um, the thing is, I know you're doing it. <laughs> it doesn't stop me. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.